So today we're going to be talking about a pretty big topic. Um, we're going to be dealing with uh, Westworld and the idea of sentience in the AI in Westworld. Um, so this is going to probably contain spoilers. So oh yeah, just like absolutely <laughs> be aware of that. If, if you haven't you... watched it, you absolutely should. Um, right. It does have a lot of sex and violence. If that's not your thing, um, and it, if you could listen to this and it's still fascinating, just like the science and the philosophy behind it all. Um, right. But it is big, and I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a huge philosophy person, so. I'm going to kind of say sorry in advance if I butcher any of this. Right. Most of the ideas that I have kind of collected have been from a lot people with either a lot more time or just a lot smarter than me who have uh, put on theories on like Reddit or something. So, right. Um, and I actually haven't seen the show, but yeah. I've read about it. So, um, you you can start. Yeah. So the premise of the show, um, it's based off. I think it was like a movie from like the 1970s. Um, uh, there's a theme park that is essentially divided between hosts and um, guests. So the hosts are these very, very lifelike robots set in this wild, wild American West world. Um, and they are there to provide pleasure for the guests who pay like $40,000 a day to, to be there. Um, and the hosts are completely unaware of any suffering like the guests can do whatever they want to them they can kill them they can abuse them they can whatever um and they're just there for the for the guests pleasure they also have these kind of repetitive loops where their stories um just repeat themselves day in day out and um or it adjusts depending on what the guest wants so that's kind of the basis of this whole world and above all of that, you have like this, the corporate part of Westworld is all the engineers and the designers and like the researchers um, and the executives who are behind the scenes running the stories of the get or of the hosts and making sure that the guests are happy. So that's like the surface level. But on another level, um, Westworld is about the path to sentience in the host and how they achieve consciousness. So that's my spiel. <laughs> and I want to kind of know what you thought of, like, in your initial reading of, like, the summaries um, in this article that you said you read. Right. So uh, I was looking at this Atlantic article, which was, I mean, primarily about Westworld, but mm -hmm. sort of more broadly about how this idea of, like, the creation of another being mm -hmm. is talked about in movies, shows, books, um, starting with things like Frankenstein, where that the monster is created. Um, and he was saying a couple of interesting points that it made. First was that this is one of the first times really that we see it told from the the being's point of view. Because in in Frankenstein, in whatever, it's always told from the point of view of the humans. Wally, they didn't say this, but Wally <laughs> being an exception. But another thing that it was talking about was how it's not just about people creating something. It's about that thing then being pressed into servitude. The the fact that we always we always create things to do things for us, right. not just for the purpose for the purpose of creation, right. um, not just for the purpose of existence. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting because. 
it's I mean there's the there's the sin quote-unquote sin of playing God where you can argue that creation in itself is not something creation of a sentient being is not something that humans can do whether or not you agree with that I don't know I don't know if I do but then there's the more moral component of if you have or once you have created something and it becomes sentient do you have the right to press it into servitude mm-hmm. or what degree of sentience right. is that acceptable um, and actually that reminds me of an early new who doctor who episode where yeah. the, there's this line of are slaves really slaves if they don't know they're enslaved and then the doctor is like yes of course they are and so with this it seems like a similar it's question similar. of yeah they they don't know that they're yeah. robots they don't know that they're enslaved so right right and how going, bad is it it's i it's it's bad because right. one of the things so i wanted to i'm trying to think back to a couple of the things you said uh oh of like the idea of creation and why we have these technological advances and why we would create a very lifelike robot except for the purpose of like serving humans and that was something that i saw somebody say online that you know like the ability to create like a like a sentient being is pretty remarkable like in this world that's what they do but it's not for just like for creation's sake it's to serve man um and when it comes to if a slave doesn't know it's enslaved is it still bad and i saw a lot of discussion about the idea of suffering and the idea of like if there's no consciousness and if like there's always a predestined path to how this suffering goes there's no stakes and therefore there's like no good and evil and what i'm doing a really bad way i'm explaining this really poorly but essentially okay. if there's essentially no choice in both like because in the west world the guests will always abuse the hosts and the hosts will always be abused by the guests well the guests don't have to right but like that's what happens right so like that's, well, my, that's my the point was that, more that there's yeah. a different level of choice. The guests have a choice whether yeah. to yeah. be abusive. But there's no consequences for their actions right. to be that's abusive. That's a different issue. Okay, so there, because there's no consequences for their actions and because the hosts are not sentient and they're not conscious of their suffering, then... Oh, where was I going with this? Then basically, like, because they're not conscious of their suffering there might not be such a thing as good and evil because there are no stakes in this world. So the reason why they didn't want to introduce sentience and you have Ford who's like kind of the mastermind behind like bringing sentience to these robots or helping the robots achieve sentience rather. And he's basically saying like when there's consciousness, when they know they're suffering, um, the idea, the concept of good and evil is kind of introduced. So to play devil's advocate, I mean, play, I don't even know what I just said. So go well, for it. Well, so to play devil's advocate to that idea, if we we carry this concept of if there are no stakes, there's no good and evil. Yeah. Then creation of stakes 
would be bad. Mm-hmm. If the fact that they're going to be abused isn't going to go away, then the fact that he made them aware of it is the problem. If they were fine, unaware of their suffering, mm-hmm. then he did the wrong thing by making them aware. Mm-hmm. Rather than... But by making them aware, they had the opportunity to escape their enslavement. So, like, I, I, I see that as, like... Well, can they just leave the park? Can they just walk away? At the end, yes. Okay. At the end, well, sort of. At the end, when... Spoilers. Yeah, okay. So, at the end of the very last episode, it ends in this, like, final... Um, when, when Dolores, the main, the main host character, achieves sentience, and she... Um, leads, like, a host rebellion, essentially, against the guests, and she kills Ford because that was part of his master plan. He wanted to be killed by her. As, That's like, a, a terrible plan. Yeah. I didn't, un- Continue. I didn't, I didn't understand. Plan. It was his plan all along, and okay. I, was anyway. really, I was really confused. But then also, <laughs> another, another host, Maeve, she um, initially is programmed to leave the park and to, like, kind of invade the human civilization but she chooses not to which is like her moment of sentience um but yeah they have the ability to leave the park eventually and to escape their enslavement and to rebel against their captors essentially okay so and that and that path to consciousness this was another idea like could only have happened if they remembered their suffering because that was another part of this is that they started to introduce these things called reveries to make the hosts more realistic. And the reveries were essentially figments of memory from their past loops, their past suffering. Um, And that sort of triggered a chain reaction in a sense that allowed the host to realize what was happening to them and therefore like take that last step to, to sentience. So because like they remembered that pain and because they now felt pain, it made the guests inflicting that pain evil, and them like trying to escape them and their enslavement. Okay. So I'm trying to lay that no, out. Yeah. No, I understand that. Um, I there was another thing that I got from the Atlantic article, even though yeah. it wasn't mentioned. It was just something I thought of while reading sure. it. Was um, so the interesting thing, and this is not just in Westworld, but the idea of what's being created for servitude being a woman so main character in this is a woman um before i talk about that for a second uh so in japan now present day Mm -hmm. real life they are making robots to do various tasks like fairly lifelike robots they're actually very creepy looking but they because they're like kind of close to the uncanny Mm -hmm. valley but Robots to do tasks, helper tasks, rather than, like, machinery tasks. And, at least from what I've seen, they're virtually all women. Mm. And we see... I mean, from what I was reading about Westworld, it's a lot of, like, people can go and sleep with prostitutes. And so this idea of not only creating beings for servitude, but perpetuating the women are created for servitude. Mm -hmm. The purpose of women is for servitude. Um, And 
it seems like for the most part when we see male robots they are primarily for either protection or like policing or like manly tasks yeah. like big strong not necessarily one-on-one servitude they are like task the warriors the warriors or the like machinery type things but women are created for the like nurturing or the sex or whatever which has in my mind kind of two interesting things so one it's this idea that women like there's this inherent tie between women and like servitude towards individual people rather than towards society um but also this assumption that everyone who wants this is a guy because and i'm assuming although i don't having not seen the show i don't know but i'm assuming most of the people who come are no or at least most people who come to sleep with women yes like it's yeah well actually they do in the brothel scenes they do have like women sleeping with some of the female prostitutes but all of most of the prostitutes are women right i see i think i saw like one or two male prostitutes right and it's i mean in in modern society there are a lot of reasons that the majority of Mm -hmm. of sex workers are women um i don't know the statistics but there are there are a lot of reasons just societal norms Mm -hmm. the fact that women are more likely to have to do survival work the fact that i think men are more likely to be willing to sleep with prostitutes but it's an interesting sort of right perpetuating of that same idea but also if we were watching that show and the main character was a guy who was in the same position people would find it weird People would yeah. people would find that weird, and and so it's not going to happen when shows like this are created because, like, people would find it weird. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the roles that they play, and, and Dolores especially. She's very empathetic. She's very like right. sweet. She she her opening line is like, "I choose to see the beauty in the world." She's very optimistic and like doe eyed and blonde and beautiful. Right and. Um, and then Maeve, who is the other titular like female character, she's a prostitute. She, well, she's the madam of of the brothel, and she has a much different dynamic. But you're right, like it exactly those two dynamics: the nurturer and the prostitute. Right. And those are the two main female characters, um, at least the two main female hosts. Right, and the men are like the people who create stuff. The right? men, the I'm thinking of or, a couple of or the, kill stuff. The hosts, yeah, they're either guides, they're war, they're soldiers, or and this, I mean, it does take place in the West, but the fact that they chose it for it to take place in the West kind of speaks to the roles that right. people see them playing. The guests are a lot more diverse because it's like hundreds of years in the future, but the story revolves around the hosts. But isn't it also, I mean, this is again, I've only read the character descriptions mm-hmm. very briefly, but aren't like the people who created it men? Yeah, well, yes, the two men, the two partners, Bernard and, and Ford, yeah. Right. It's... Again... Arnold and Ford, sorry. That was a spoiler. It's another thing where it would be very weird if a woman had created this world. Yeah. Because I, I at least, would never think, you know what I really want to do? Give people... Make women prostitutes. That's like... I, I can't imagine... Mm-hmm. 
but also in the show world, but, the fact that yeah, the it also, however, like the the creators of right. the robots are not necessarily the creators of the world. Okay, so fair. For, which is something like basically like, which is one of the reasons why Ford wants to help the the host achieve sentience is because he doesn't like the world. Um, so Ford and Arnold created like the these the hosts. The hosts. Yeah. Um, and there's also multiple worlds. They they kind of hint at that that there is like a samurai world, which is so. In addition to this questionable cultural appropriation, like it's basically they've created multiple worlds. West World's just the one that this particular story focuses on. Yeah. But there's us other theme parks with hosts and guests that are interacting in it. But in this particular one, so Arnold when Arnold and Ford created it. They also are kind of subject to the executives and like to the writers. There's a, like mm. the writers who create these storylines and create characters. So while they might be the people, the people behind the the science and and Arnold did create Dolores. She's the oldest host in the park. That was a very key part. Um, the, the stories and and a lot of the other characters were designed by other writers who were probably men. Right. <laughs> right. But I just I just found that interesting, yeah. this idea of... That is interesting. Like, yeah. when we think of servitude, we think of women. Yeah. So, that's the end of my contribution. Yeah, no, no, that's really episode. interesting. I really like that. I There was one last thing that I didn't get to touch on when I went on my, like, lovely philosophy rant, which was this idea of the concept of the bicameral mind, and I was not familiar with it until I watched this. Um, I feel like there should be a class, like a philosophy class on this show, but that's just me. Um, so Wait a couple years. Yeah, yeah. They introduced this idea of the bicameral mind, which um, for the hosts, they thought that the voice in their head was the voice of God. And they didn't understand it because like, they heard, they, they heard consciousness or free will, but they thought it was a higher being. And it took them to reach like full sentience to realize that it was their own voice, like their own inner voice. So it, throughout the show, you saw hosts going crazy, like crazy, I guess, like basically um, act like acting out, not acting according to their programming and to their code because they were confused by this voice that was in their head that they thought was the voice of God. Hmm. So that was something that I thought was an interesting concept and I'd be curious to see how like where that is in other shows and I just want to know more about that concept because I had never heard of it before and the the religious overtones in this show is pretty interesting like one of the the video I, I had been watching before this was talking about how this entire show parallels um the book of Genesis and like Adam and Eve falling from grace and mm. like and it, suffering or like or eating from the fruit of not or the tree of knowledge i don't know my yeah. bible that well yeah um yeah and and what it means to have like free will so hmm. there's a lot more to discuss i don't know if you have anything else to add to this but or anything about the bicameral mind um i looked it up briefly on wikipedia didn't really understand it and closed yeah. the wikipedia page so okay. <laughs> um, that's good that, that's about this was like 10 minutes sure. before we started so we're very uh, committed to this podcast and right. the research. Um, yeah, I that, that's interesting. Um, actually, the the biblical thing that's a yeah. I mean, from I read the Book of Genesis a while ago, sure. but I mean, it makes sense in the in the sense of you don't you're not suffering until you know that you're suffering. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, because that's part of the idea right. that they ate from the tree of knowledge, and then they knew they knew that they were naked, and yeah. so their nakedness became a problem. Exactly. Etc. And then they were kicked out yeah. for question mark yeah. reason. And but there are there are parts of the show. There are parts of the show that like directly parallels the book of Genesis, like when um, the hosts are taken from the park and they're being repaired or reprogrammed or whatever, they sit in front of like the engineers who are working on them completely naked. Mm. They're completely nude. And at one point, an engineer had covered one of them up with a towel and Ford comes over and he's like, why would you do that? Do you think he's going to get cold? Do you think he's going to be ashamed? He doesn't care about his nakedness. Like, you shouldn't either. And that's literally like, he doesn't know he's suffering. He doesn't know he's naked. He doesn't know, like this host, which is... To me, like, and and when they achieve when they re- like achieve sentience or consciousness, all of that goes away. They are ashamed and they can feel those things. Right. So. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool part. They often call the world that they're the hosts before their ascension. They often call the world that they're in a garden, which right. obviously yeah. So yeah. and there's the giant um, painting in Ford's office of um, the one that's on top of the Sistine Chapel of God reaching out to Adam. Mm. So it's a lot of biblical overtones, a lot of uh, philosophical ideas in Westworld that I want to read up more about um, and maybe watch the show again because I'm so confused. (laughs) Right. And for once, we're not ending on a bad note. I know, look at us. (laughs) So next time we'll be talking about Harry Potter and why no one pulled him from the Dursleys in 17 years. Right, despite the abuse. I guess we are ending on a bad note. Oh, well. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. This has been Pop Cultured.